back everybody hope you've had a great week and here we are another Wednesday and today we are talking cruise I couldn't believe when I looked back on my files that it was two years since we had Debbie Summers on the show to talk about the domestic cruise bubble or more so why we couldn't have a domestic cruise bubble. I thought it was last year, but no, it was two years ago. And today we are very fortunate to be joined by Roe Duplessis Wenzel from ID Tours. And she's going to give us an update on, well, the challenging restart they've had to cruise since August last year. And she's really generously sharing some tips for operators out there who may be thinking about either developing a cruise appropriate product or you might be thinking, is my product okay? So listen in and she will let you know what they look for when they're contracting products. So look, this is a great episode. I'm sure you're going to really enjoy hearing from Ro. Next week, just so you know, we're taking a little break. It's just for one week, but we're back the week after. So enjoy this episode. Hope you've started doing your trends appointments. You've got a couple of weeks to get those going. And look, if you missed last week's episode, go back and have a listen. We do share some tips on how to get the most out of your appointment schedule at Trends. So yeah, that was last week's episode. But for now, I'm going to let you sit back, relax and enjoy hearing from Ro from ID Tours. Happy day. Well, today we welcome Ro from ID Tours. Kia ora, Ro, and thank you for joining us. Kia ora. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I mentioned that you do work at ID Tours. Tell us a little bit about what you do there. What is your role at ID? Uh, at this moment, fighting fires. No. So we develop and operate the majority of the cruise lines that come to New Zealand, the tours that they do in the different ports. Mm -hmm. So it's not just in Auckland, although we're based in Auckland, we do all the ports from Bay of Islands down to the south. Uh, we do the land tours, like the day trips, and we also have a department that do the overlands incentives. We've got pre and post programs. So mm -hmm. I'm more involved with the shore excursions on the day when the guests are in port. Hmm. Cool. Very and you mentioned there that you're fighting fires. We'll get into that in a little bit because it has been a pretty hectic season for the first season back. And yeah. it's interesting because I was looking back, we interviewed Deb Summers on the show and I would have said that was last year. It was actually nearly two years ago to the day that we had Debs on talking about a domestic cruise bubble and why we couldn't have one of those when we were doing so well. And obviously we know that 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 didn't happen. But tell me a little bit about your career history. Is this your first time working in cruise or how did you get into cruise and tourism? So I always joke and say this is my first adult job because <laughs> I actually started off my career in 2009 on my very first cruise ship, dragging my uh, luggage down the wharf in Cyprus with very, very limited English and not quite sure when they wanted to take my passport. Yeah, so I started working on board cruise ships in 2009. 
I just started as just to get my foot in the door as a photographer. Mm-hmm. But I studied tourism and my passion has always been travel. And I've been mm-hmm. very lucky to have amazing people in my life that's always encouraged me to travel. So I've always been intrigued with different cultures, different experiences. And yeah, so when I joined my first ship as a photographer, I went on almost every single tour. I think they mm-hmm. got sick and tired of me. And then later on, they just said, do you want to come and join the tours department? And I was like, yes, that's exactly what I wanted. So then I moved over to the shore department. So basically Mm -hmm. what we are doing on land at the moment, you were doing it on the ship. Mm -hmm. So you would do your presentations about the different ports that you're going to. And depending on what ship you're on, you're either selling the tours to the guests or you're just Mm -hmm. telling them about all the different options. Because I also worked on lines where the tours were included. Right. Yep. Which is great because... Mm also very challenging because when you did world cruises every single port is different and yeah a lot of new ports that you would go to so Mm -hmm. yeah I did that it was meant to be a year contract but then it just oh it's just that thing of you want to see more and there's just one more destination you want to see one more place and yeah yeah and then so I did it for eight years and wow yeah basically how I ended up here was yeah long story short ID New Zealand was my contact on the ground and I was actually meant to be on a different ship Mm -hmm. but then they changed my rotation and they sent me to New Zealand Mm. and that was amazing because I was working directly with ID New Zealand Audrey Hannibal was my contact Mm-hmm. and they didn't even know at that time that my partner was already in New Zealand. She's also South African. So yes. worlds just collided, and when Audrey and Carolyn said to me, oh, have you ever thought about working on land? I was kind of like, <laughs> a big, big change. <laughs> big change, but it was, I also had to think about the fact, like, if this is not a sign, then I don't know, and... Mm-hmm. I've always believed that your time span on board the ship is only so long. Some people stay and they call them lifers. But I started getting a little bit nervous about, okay, what do you do next? Do you stay on board or do you actually work on land? So the rest is history. Started waited for the visas and then started with ID New Zealand on the 14th of August, 2017. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just been absolutely amazing. Amazing to see it from this side. I can tell you honestly that while you're on the ship, you've got no idea what the DMCs are doing on, on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> no, I will never, ever, if I knew what I know now, I would have never asked people to change the tour just for a half an hour here to fit it in with lunch times or 15 minutes here. Yeah, because there's like so many people involved. So it was definitely a massive learning curve. Yeah. But we've got these amazing people around us that just, yeah, they welcomed me with open arms and I've learned so much. And yeah, we still are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is a great achievement considering what we've been through in the last couple of years. And it's interesting you mentioned 
that comment about you didn't know what went on behind the scenes. And I guess that's the sign of a good DMC, isn't it? That things run smoothly, even though it's like the, the duck that's paddling and under the water, the legs are going madly while they're just cruising across the top. And I guess that's that's a good DMC. And we'll get into that a little bit later on, but just to make sure that everything runs absolutely seamlessly for the guests and obviously for you guys on board who are organizing everything for them. So yeah no for sure you're so right yeah yeah oh that's awesome and do you think you'd ever go back out onto the water or you're stuck on land now <laughs> no I think I've done my part like yeah. I loved it I really enjoyed every single moment so and I left while I was still enjoying it mm-hmm. so now I actually enjoy waving them goodbye when they sail away in the evening because I can go back home and I can pour my glass of red wine and I can cook my own dinner and obviously you do keep on working but it's just a different reality I mean you do you're on board with with your staff like your crew members for seven months sometimes five months depending on how long and you feel like you're on a small island and now I've kind of just moved to another island but yeah (laughs) it's slightly bigger than a cruise ship though yes slightly bigger a lot less drama yeah so uh, yeah my answer no like if it was something really quickly going on board then maybe yes but I think I've done my time yeah 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 oh fair enough and obviously we've welcomed back cruise ships now to New Zealand shores which is very exciting I think the first ship arrived in August last year Uh, how has the restart been for you guys Oh, it's been rough. It's been rough for everyone. I think we were kind of hoping there was going to be a slower start and everybody just ease into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the last two and a half years, we were working on things that we didn't know was it actually going to happen. And mm. at some point, yes, it got a little bit frustrating because you're working towards something and yeah a month two months later you cancel it again so we very early on made the decision not to book with any suppliers but just keep on communicating with them because suppliers would also keep staff or Mm. they would arrange staff or vehicles or whatever it is that goes on in the background to make these things happen and to book and then cancel again, we just realized you can't do that. So at a very early stage, we actually just didn't make any more bookings Mm -hmm. and we just kept on communicating with the cruise lines, with our clients and with our suppliers. Mm -hmm. And you kind of had to figure out what will still be able to operate and what won't be the same anymore. Mm. We thought it was going to be, pretty straightforward that when we start we'll have an idea of what's operating and what's not Mm -hmm. yep I can tell you we still get surprises and and that's no one's fault I mean uh, the suppliers were working really hard on staying afloat and then when the borders opened up again it was just boom floodgates Mm -hmm. open Mm -hmm. and then you realize okay whoa okay maybe I was too ambitious yeah, uh, suppliers are absolutely amazing. They're absolutely amazing. The most challenging part has been staffing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It is. It plays a massive role because you rely on so many other people to make something happen. Mm. And it's people that have lost their staff. 
it's family businesses that have been running for years and years and all of a sudden they're not there anymore. So it's heartbreaking because you've been working with some of these suppliers for a long time yeah, and then all of a sudden you start operating again and you just get out of office, permanent mm. out of office. Yeah. So biggest challenge is definitely staffing, different yeah. areas, and definitely coaches this season. Uh, coaches has definitely been really hard for everyone and for different reasons. One of them for sure is a lot of the coach drivers they used to drive for crews in the past have retired in between. Mm, right, yep. And it does yep. take a special kind of, it's not just anybody that can get onto a coach because you are making or breaking the the tour for them. For yeah, the that's that's right, yeah. Yeah. And you, in New Zealand, we have driver guides. It's not like the rest of the world where you have a step-on guide too. So mm -hmm. you need really good people. So yeah, that's definitely been our biggest challenge. Yeah, uh, it was interesting because I was chatting with another inbound operator a couple of weeks ago and, again, talking about shortage of coaches. And at that stage I was thinking because we were having challenges with the ferries and I thought it might have been a repositioning issue just with getting actual vehicles from one island to the other but I hadn't really thought about the staffing side of things because yeah you're right two years is a long time in many people's worlds isn't it and particularly yeah. if you're in sort of at that I guess the end of your career it may have been that little nudge that you needed just to step away and head into retirement I guess so yeah yeah, yeah I know that's I mean, you can completely understand. I mean, why would you want to hang around? And I think a lot of the drivers have moved on to other jobs, like other jobs, and just had to make a decision. So it's definitely, I think, for every single port call we have, without singling out any of the specific ports, yep. you have this, whew, you're like, you're, you have this buildup of stress where you yep. like, oh, are we actually going to have 20 coaches or are we mm. going to have five? What are we going to yep. do? Yeah. Because you plan everything months in advance, but yeah. coach companies can't plan more than three days ahead at the moment because they also rely on driver's availability. So mm -hmm. it is challenging. It's definitely very yep. challenging. Yeah, yeah. No, that does sound like a challenge. And obviously one of the other challenges that we've had this year and this summer, if we can call it summer, is the weather. And I know that's impacted on some of the port calls. So what what sort of challenges have you had around that? Well, I mean, what happened in Auckland a few weeks ago with the weather and that mm -hmm. snow patch on what happens to lower at the North Island our challenge is that quite a lot of drivers couldn't get to the depots mm. they couldn't leave their properties because their properties were damaged yep. and there were so many road closures and when the guests come into Auckland all they see is oh Auckland looks stunning they <laughs> yeah. it's beautiful why did you cancel the tour yeah but if you just go and 40 minute drive out of the city you see a complete different picture mm. So the challenge was coming up with a plan B and C and whatever you could do. And honestly, it was like bringing friends every day before the time and going, can you do this? Can you do this? And they all came together. These suppliers are just absolutely amazing. And we yeah. created new walking tours and 
wow. anything that we possibly can just to still accommodate the groups. But yes, the weather has definitely affected some of our itineraries in Auckland, but across the country. Mm. And I'm actually heading down to Napier at the end of this week. It's not the ship that we're looking after that is going to be in port, but it's just to get a feeling of what do the locals think of guests yes. coming to their town? Like, yeah. it's hard. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a challenge, isn't it? Because, of course, I'm seeing varied reports coming out of Hawke's Bay in terms of some areas that have been completely decimated by Gabrielle and then yet there's other parts of the region that are relatively unscathed and I'm seeing operators putting calls out to say, please come and visit us, come and support us. So, it's yeah, it's hard to know. Yeah. yeah, what's right. So it's great that you're able to get down there and sort of see that firsthand and see what's yeah. going on. Yeah, because I think it's it also just comes down to your relationships again because people might say over the phone, yeah, we're absolutely fine. And that's the thing, like so many of our Napier suppliers have picked up the phone and say, we are still here, we're happy to do. Um, it's just amazing because reality is that they've completely lost power, they've lost the vineyards. They've, I mean, it's just unthinkable what they've been through mm. and they're just still so positive yeah um which is amazing but then it's also hard because you have guests coming over from other sides of the world and they are not in the same situation as us they don't understand what's going on around them they yeah. might have seen some things on the news but they don't have the entire picture yeah so I mean, at the end of the day, it's not up to us. It's up to our clients to decide if if it's ready to accept guests again. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it's important to know what the locals think. Do they want the guests to turn up again? Do they want mm. them to come in smaller groups first? Because mm-hmm. the other thing is, do we are we going to have enough coaches to take them around? That's Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's all all sorts of considerations there, isn't there? I think I heard on the news that the ship that is coming in won't be using any power and there were a few other considerations that they'd made for the local region, which I thought was really great as well. But, I mean, what generally happens, like when you're organising these crews or the port calls, what happens to the ships when the ports aren't available at short notice like that if they can't call in on their usual schedule? So it's different scenarios and it depends on why they can't go into the port. But if it's, for instance, weather in the morning, then it's Mm -hmm. probably too late to divert to another port. Right. But if it is something that you have maybe a day or two days, an idea before the time, they can look at alternative ports. Mm -hmm. So you can either divert to the nearest port if it is available. And then basically it is picking up the phone, bringing your friends and asking, what do you have available for this day and what can we do? So a lot of the time, this season does feel like it's been plan B, C, D, and it's just trying to make things happen because this is the only taste that guests get of New Zealand at the moment. Mm, So we want them to have a good memory And it's all about the feeling that they have when they leave because you want them to return because cruise is a great way to see little highlights or see little snippets, but you then get intrigued and you do come back again. So, so yes, there is, if it's a port change or a cancellation, it just depends on the situation. If, yeah, if we do need to arrange tours in the next port, 
we try and make it happen. It is, it's just challenging depending on the availability. Yeah, yeah, because you're not just talking about a few people. It's not one coach load, it's thousands of people that you need to organise. So, yeah, that creates a different scale of fix, I guess, to to just a, a bus that's been diverted off the road somewhere. Exactly, exactly. And then that's also talking about bus diverting. Like there's some of the ports where you don't have that many coaches. So mm-hmm. the coaches actually have to come from somewhere else. Right, yep. So, and... I mean, what's happening in Gisborne at the moment and in Napier, some ports are, or some areas are completely cut off by the rest mm. and they heavily yep. rely on each other for the yep. availability of coaches. So, yeah, yeah, definitely challenging. Yeah. Wow. It's interesting when we look back and the discussions that we were having while the borders were closed and the challenges and who would have thought that our first summer out would be kind of on a whole new scale of challenges. But look, you mentioned, Ro, the the close relationships that you build with the suppliers that you're working with. But when you're sort of starting to look for operators to build these shore excursions, what are you looking for? Because I guess I get asked a lot from operators saying, how do I get involved in cruise? Like, what can I do to be part of the cruise shore excursion program? Yeah, a very good question. I think a lot of the time it comes down to uh, suppliers talking to each other and recommendations from the RTOs. What we are looking for is tours that are, it's real. It's not... Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but it's not a theme park or anything that somebody is creating a cultural performance, for instance. It needs to feel real. And it comes back again to the feeling that people have when they leave. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, we rely a lot on our suppliers to tell us, you know, this. my friends are doing this and this and they've got this new tour and they've now opened up their home to have private home visits and things like that. So there are trends coming through from the cruise lines, especially mm-hmm. during this time that we were all lockdowns. They came up with really interesting ideas of what they wanted to do with new yeah. tours. One of the first things we always look at is sustainability. And yeah. it's been a big thing and a massive discussions. But when you actually look at our suppliers in New Zealand, they're already ticking all those boxes. Mm-hmm. It was just never a thing of, saying it out loud you were already yeah. doing that so that's definitely one of the things and then we look at availability too because it's very hard to run a program for something that's only available for instance on a tuesday because mm. the cruise ship you've got no ideas on monday tuesday yeah. yeah so that also eliminates so many other days where it's not available so availability and we like to get to know our suppliers first I mean the people that we're working with at the moment we've been working with for quite a while Mm -hmm. and it takes time to have a new product brought onto the cruise line program because Mm -hmm. it comes to us we give it to our clients and then it's these months of descriptions it's Mm -hmm photos all of that and then to actually get it online it takes a very long time and just like we are short staffs at the moment so are the cruise lines Mm. so we've had a few there's so many tours this season that we have built up that we've tried to add but it's literally like 
when is the right time to do it? Because we've given them everything. But hopefully, usually in the normal season, now is the time that we start booking for the next season. And that's when we'll be looking at new product. Mm-hmm. So it's not that we're looking for any one thing specifically because you need to have a variety. We've got different yep. cruise lines. You need small group tours, but you also need co- tours with capacity. Yeah. So, yeah. and at the end of the day, it probably just comes down to really good people offering something that is real. Hmm. And probably a little bit different to what you've already got on the books because I'm assuming you don't want multiple tours that are just slight variations of the others that you've got yeah because if you do something like that you run the risk of guests are then just going to book the one option and then the other mm-hmm. tour is always going to be cancelled yeah so we do look for different varieties and mm-hmm. of course we're all different so I might enjoy swimming and horse riding with someone else might like to go into the city and do city sites or they want to go shopping so yeah everyone is different and yeah, you, you try and cater as much as possible to the diversity. Yeah. 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 And what about group sizes? You mentioned small groups there, but what would be your smallest group size? Like for some of the owner operator businesses that are sitting there saying, yeah, we've got a great product, we've got availability. However, we don't have capacity to take a, a busload of visitors. How does that work for crews? Oh, that's, I mean, that's absolutely fine because, Mm. again, we all want something different and Mm -hmm. there is definitely demand for smaller group tours. Mm -hmm. And you bring up the amount of people like in a group at the moment, Ed, we had no idea what's going to happen this season. Are people going to trust big groups or Mm. do they want to be alone? And I think we thought we were going to have so many more private tour requests, but no, actually it's because... They've been traveling, borders have been yes. open for them. So they're like, yeah, let's get on a bus. Yep. So if it's a small, intimate tour and the suppliers tell us, I've got this idea and we want to do this and this and this, but I can only take six people, mm-hmm. that's fine. Like it might work on one cruise line, might not work on another one, but then you yep. might also get private requests through and mm. it ticks all the boxes that the guests would like to see. So there's no limit, really. It's It just comes more down to the availability if you are able to mm-hmm. run the same kind of program because we try and be as generic as possible with some of the descriptions. Yeah. But I did work on cruise ships, and I do know that if something is meant to be green, it's meant to be green, and it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not meant to be a different shade. Yes, so, yeah. Because they only see that on a description. So you try and keep it as generic as possible, but also keep them intrigued. You don't want to give mm. them all the information before the tour. Yes. So, yeah, we, we definitely encourage small group tours. I love it. Like, yeah. Especially um, the local connections. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, well, hopefully there's a few operators listening in that have been, you know, questioning whether they're right for cruise and that might have helped them figure it out because, yeah, obviously, as I said, I get asked a lot. I'm based in Topol, so I get asked a lot by Topol operators, how come we don't get cruise? And there's a pretty obvious reason for that. 
But um, there's also been thoughts of, oh, do we look at running helicopters out of the port and all sorts of things. So, but yeah, I mean, there's obviously different people in different parts of the country that have got questions around crews. And it is a growing industry. We've seen it grow massively over the last decade or so. What's the forecast looking? Obviously, this summer has been challenging, but when we look ahead to 23-24 season, what are you anticipating in terms of the numbers coming through? I mean, like I said, it was like the floodgates opened for this season and we thought it was going to be slower and I don't think it's going to slow down at all. Yeah, We planned... From our side, we plan our allotments or our tours with the buffer that we know some of it might not be available. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we were quite prepared for the scale of what was not going to be available. We do, like I say, we do have a lot of last minute challenges with coaches. And mm-hmm. the problem is that if you, for instance, cancel a coach, then you also need to cancel the venues that you were meant to go to. And you mm. already had 80 people booked that were going to go there. Yep. So the plan for the upcoming season is definitely to rein in the bookings just a little bit more because mm-hmm. it's not that we just pull it out of thin air. There's a lot of hours that are put into it. Mm-hmm. And you can commit to something six months before the time. And in the past, it would happen. But there are too many things that change at the moment. So from our side, I think we're just going to be very conservative with the allotments that we we give. And then Mm -hmm. as soon as we get closer to the season, we know that, yes, we can add more availability or we can add more coaches or whatever it is. then we can increase it again instead of having to cancel people. So Mm -hmm. definitely for this season, we can't wait to get back onto the road again to go and see our suppliers. Yeah, I think everybody needs a bit of a breather first after this last couple of I think everyone's running on fumes, but definitely to get out to the suppliers again, see what they've learned in this season, see if there's anything that we need to change from our side Mm -hmm. and how we make it work together. Because, Mm. yeah, I mean, we don't just have an amazing team here. It is the people that we work with. It's just absolutely brilliant. And you have yeah. to feed off each other and, and see what works for them and what works for us and then put it forward to our clients. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. And I guess a lot of us have spent the last couple of years thinking about how we could do things better and we've trialled things with the domestic market and there's been a whole lot of talk about regenerative tourism, sustainable tourism and all of that kind of thing. So I guess, yeah, this summer probably hasn't been the summer we all hoped for as our our first welcome back to international visitors. But obviously, again, it's given us some good learnings and just keeps building that resilience as we keep talking about in our industry. And I think we said years ago that tourism was the most resilient industry and I I probably still stand by that because we do seem to be at the brunt of everything that happens whether environmental or otherwise or economic or any of those big influences that sort of change what happens so yeah it'll be interesting I I agree with you 100% but I think they can stop testing us now or pushing them Yes, what did they say? I want to go back to precedented times. I'm a little bit over these unprecedented times. 
Yeah, we've had enough now. Yes, we can be challenged. Yes, we can deal with it. But okay, it's enough now. <laughs> yes, and I hopefully a lot of the the tourism operators will get to have a good break in maybe June, end of May, June, and yeah. and get away and just recharge the batteries because it has been a bit of a challenging one for all of us. But look, Ro. Thank you for joining me today. That finishes all of the questions that I have for you. And it's been really good update on cruise. As I said, it's been two years since we talked about cruise on the podcast, which is actually way too long. Didn't realize that we didn't get around to that last year, but welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. And hopefully we won't have any more challenges thrown in our path. That's right. Thank you so much for having me. Bye, Kitty.